0: this season, Raw fans have asked for divine intervention, and now, if you ask the ones who pull double duty with Liverpool, it might just have arrived in the form of a legend of that club. Welcome one and all to a massive edition of the Brisbane Football Review here for the DFS Network, and as always, it's James Scott and Adam here, and oh boy, have we got a lot to talk about this afternoon. No time for pleasantries, I'm sure you're both good, so mm. let's just get to our initial thoughts on the appointment of Robbie Fowler as Brisbane Raw's ninth manager. Adam, go. You
1: know, I've got mixed feelings on this, um... It's uh, so I think at the end of the day, when it, come, when it comes down to it, he's, he is the coach now, um, personal feelings, sorry, anything like that. And look, I think he's got to be given a chance. Um, whether whether the where the management stick by him and actually give him the resources to be able to do that or that. I think, you know, it's it's a, it's a clean slate now, basically.
2: It is. You've got to give him a chance. But it's a heck of a gamble, isn't it? To go with somebody with so such little experience at a time when there's a massive... Rebuild needed at the club. I think it's fair to say there's a lot of players who are about to leave. We're going to get to a couple later on. Club legends who are moving on. A couple of confirmed departures. Yes, and there's probably going to be a whole lot more after that. So there's a lot of work to be done, and it's a it's a big job for somebody with limited experience, shall we say, but we have to, we have to back it and see where it leads. I'm sceptical at best. I think you yeah. two have summed it up
0: pretty yeah. much where it's a case of, Yes, he was a phenomenal player, even though our Premier League allegiances say that we might not have liked him all that much.
2: That should be irrelevant too, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Oh,
0: yeah, it is. But, you know, he's a fantastic player and whatnot, but as a manager, we just don't know. Obviously, he's not... This is his first coaching appointment as well. They were announced, obviously, at a press conference today at SeaWorld. It was, you know... It's a massive boom as well. I think we were talking about this this afternoon, where one of the biggest surprises for me, though, is how highly this is registered over in the UK.
1: Yeah, look, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it look, and we all thought, you know, maybe he's just, he'd just be nothing more than a footnote, as said, but um, the fact that, you know, you got Liverpool Echo still chasing it, Sky Sports, um, on a couple of occasions, you know, sort of broke broke some news, um, especially about the system, which we'll get onto shortly. So this is obviously, obviously Robbie Fowler still commands, you know, a, a decent profile in is Homeland, and I think it's going to bring attention to the Roar, even from from afar, and there's going to be people, at least on Mersey's side, that are going to be tracking how Robbie Fowler goes, and maybe a few lower league teams are saying that, you know, if his success comes away and all of a sudden, you know, Roar and competitive again, mm. you know, he may, he, like I say, he may be job offers. Well, that's a big surprise for me, you know, turning it around
0: from the Roar and looking at it from mm. Robbie Fowler's perspective, mm. you kind of ask why Brisbane, and this is what he had to say this afternoon.
2: Well, I, mean, I guess this is. You, you talk about the experience of getting the coaching badges,
3: but yep. this is the first sort of senior coaching role we've got full time. Why is it? Why? Uh, well, well, why not? Um, you know, for me, it's a massive, massive opportunity. You know, coming over here coaching a, you know, a, a top club. Um, you know, in 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 a country that I've always loved. Um, look I've, I've worked hard you know, getting a job. I wanted people to take me serious. That's why I went down the route of, of doing all the badges because I know people would take me serious then so um, you know it becomes a time when you know you're waiting for that opportunity. Um, and look, don't get me wrong've I've been um, you know I've been wanting to do this for a long time. It hasn't really materialized for whatever reason I don't know. Uh, but look, you know I, I think I've shown people how passionate and how committed I am by obviously coming over here for the start. Uh, And obviously that passion and commitment by doing, you know, every required, you know, badge that's needed.
0: So that was Robbie Fowler there. And from his perspective as well, like, you would think someone of that nature, you know, we've seen Steven Gerrard, we've seen Frank Lampard go straight into management roles Mm. over in, you know, Scotland, over in the championship Mm. and whatnot. For him, this is a very interesting move as well, because if this doesn't go well, what does this say about him as a manager? And, you know, what could it do for him Mm. where, if in 12 months the is still finishing second last yeah. in the league, what well, can you do? Well, you
2: look at a couple of other examples. You mentioned Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampard. They're examples that are still pending, whether it'll be a success or failure. You look at some of the other ones. Gary Neville came for a similar sort of background at Valencia. Not so successful. Paul Skulls at Oldham, was it? Yep. Very brief, they're not so successful. So that would be the flip side of it. But again, this is a trend that's happening in global football a lot now, is that former players of a high standard getting getting coaching opportunities straight off the bat. And if it's we have to wait and see if it's going to be successful or not because if it does become successful it's going to open up a lot of doors for for other players in the future.
0: Yeah, absolutely and look just this is the marketing mind in me talking as well. In a league that is desperate for prom- promotion right now. I think we're seeing the coverage that's happened in the last 24 hours since the story was first broken, I believe, by the advertiser in
2: Adelaide. Uh, Rob Greenwell from Adelaide Advertiser was the first person to run with it, but I don't know whether he was the first person to report it. Just the first person I saw with it.
0: First story we saw, anyway. But that was the one that we kind of look at and go, alright, it's happening now.
1: Yeah, look, that's the thing is, and I'm surprised they haven't clipped up to the gotcha moment on me, but I I, I was telling the show last week that I thought this was dead and buried. That, which which Maybe has I got
2: me so I know <laughs> which,
1: which has got me sort of surprised at this the speed of this um, and what has turned because I, I just I don't un, I don't understand why it has taken this long to get to this point where uh, to me you know putting everything else aside what's happened now is that you've just you've had a big couple of days of news for the raw you had on Thursday you had Matt Mackay's retirement yes they had Enrique's you uh, know this not call a retirement conference. And then, and there's this today, like it's over. And then you got Anzac Day coming up on Thursday. It's, it's just completely overshadowed everything. So, I I'm just, I'm just curious to you know why this. Like, if other than you know, maybe it was a last minute. You know, it was literally yesterday that they they finally said, "Yep, we got him." that, you know, that this, this has taken so long dragged out. You know, being... You know, we all thought that maybe it was because, you know, someone was yeah. employed or by another club, which means that they, there's obviously... you, don't, you can't if announce. it
2: was Marco Kurtz, it would have been. Absolutely, yeah. and that's I'll, what we thought, so... I would have clipped you up on that, but there's so many clips I'd send to James this afternoon about... About the coach, about Matt Mackay, <laughs> about Enrique, about the game at the weekend. I'm, I'm glad I'm such there's, a low priority. There's um a lot of two but That's interesting because one of the first yeah. things he spoke about today, because he was asked about the obvious question about the experiencing, and he just straight up went into stuff about I've got my badges, etc. That makes me qualify. But there's still that overarching question which I'd love to ask him at some point. What coaching have you actually done? What coaching in the, that Liverpool Academy were you involved in? Which team were you? in charge of it, except that sort of thing. I'd love to know because it's the one question which wasn't answered today. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And look, there's a lot, there's a lot of questions yeah. actually I think we yeah. would love to ask about. I think this that's process. the most
2: pertinent one though, which is the, what coaching experience do you have? Into, we understand he's his badges and there's certain things you've got to do to get the badge, particularly a Pro Life. So they don't just give those out for no reason. So he obviously just done something. I'm just curious exactly what he has been doing as a coach.
0: Yeah, well obviously he's got to do some work to get that yeah, qualification yeah. And whatnot, it's as many, it's
1: yeah. many, many hours to get yeah. that pro license. So, like I said, it's not like you get it on the back of it, you know, in a yeah. cornflakes pack or something like yeah. that. And I think you've got to give, you've got to give him that respect. Yeah. He's been doing the hours. The question is, what hours? That like, what? Yeah. What is, is it? Quantity? Is it quality? You know, well, so at the end of the day, it's not, it's not going to change anything. But I think it'd be, I think it would actually work in favour for him if you know, if actually, if actually, it came out in one of these interviews over the next, you know, however long, you know, what has he actually been doing?
0: Yeah. yeah well. And the other thing as well, you know, for all the complaints about he hasn't got any experience, well, every manager has to start somewhere. And, yeah. you know, he could have started at a League 2 club. And, you know, I think coming to the A-League is actually a higher level of yeah. play there. But there are so many questions left to us. You know, <laughs> what's, what system is he going to play? What style is yeah. he going to play?
2: Frankly, I don't care. Just win. Yeah, that's <laughs> the other thing, we don't know what a Robbie Fowler team looks like. We don't have a clue. Well, you know, I'm, going and, you know, I idea. I'm going
0: to guess they'll be running around in orange jerseys and black shorts. Yeah, but we don't know how they're
2: going to play, no, no, was, what style they're going to play, what sort of system they're going to be right. They have no idea because there's no evidence to show.
1: No, and no, I so you say, you can look at it in two lights. You can look at it you know, as we don't know what's going to go on, so it could be a complete carnage. Or we can also look and say, you know what, the nine, well actually it'll be ten other A-league clubs also won't know, which means that the Raw potentially early up, if we get the cattle to be able to you know, to get the results, they're gonna be guessing for a good, you know, six weeks to you know six weeks or two months trying to figure out, okay how the Raw The are only playing. thing
2: against that is the A League preseason is ridiculous in the you've got to play a bunch of other teams in the competition and those behind closed doors friendlies. And that would actually give teams an idea of how how his team would play. Yeah so I that's don't, that's I don't think that, quite got the ability that idea to run of just them. bringing in a bringing a system in without any Opposition, knowing I think when you've got to play so many teams in your direct competition in pre-season, that goes out. But, the that, but then a again, bit.
1: that's how, but that's how Mark Rudan and Wellington Phoenix profited, yeah. profited because that's the same thing that you know the raw the raw actually played um, Wellington Phoenix in one of those behind closed door games, and they knew that they were playing three at the back, but they didn't realise you know how much emphasis until they actually played them in in round two. Yeah. So look at then look I, I I agree with you that you know what well, until we know like until they know what style it could it could go anywhere. Yeah. But I think, you know, a bit of mystery and a bit of, you know, because I think it's the one thing that I think what caught out um, the Raw this season and with just John lewis in general is that, unfortunately, the Raw's play was way too predictable. And, you know, to, to a point yeah. he tried to make little tweaks and whatnot. But yeah. I think that's what it is. I think he, a bit yeah. of mystery might add to it. In the press
2: conference, there, he did reference the old Brisbane Raw style about how they were attacking on the front foot, possession, basically. But every coach does that. I mean, John lewis did that. Yeah. He didn't really play that style of play, so we'll have to wait and see.
0: Yep, that's it. And look, there. I think the big thing for Robbie Fowler is, you know, now that he's in charge, we say it's recruitment. Bottom line, yeah. he needs to, yeah. you know, hit a ten out of ten. Obviously, we've seen yeah. the gold standard of recruitment in the league was, of course, Angin after the 9 10 season. Yeah. And although to be fair, Tony Popovich last off season is pretty damn
2: close yeah. to that. Well, we talked talk about the visa players, 2010-11, were obviously of that gold standard, and we've seen this year when you get them wrong what it can lead to, so... But,
0: but not just the Visa players as well. Think of the guys that he also brought in. He brought in Stefan Udo, Padalu. Yep.
2: Who else who else um, I Matt of? Smith, um, James Meyer, a lot of guys, all, everyone had a point to prove. That was the big issue with everyone in that squad. Right from, up to the coach. From, from the coach on down, had a real point to prove about, this is what, people are underestimating me, they're saying, I'm not this, I'm not that, or I am this in a negative context. And they all came together and produced what was a fantastic team together, so... That desire and hunger, I think, is massive as well. Yeah, but, but I think, it particularly in your visa plates, because they come out here thinking this is just a holiday, etc. There's problems.
0: Okay, we've got a lot to talk about. But speaking of that recruitment, this is uh, what Fowler had to say about, you know, his knowledge of the A League and overseas contacts.
1: What does this opportunity mean to you to so be the head coach of a football club here in Australia? Yeah, look,
3: well, I've worked hard, getting all my um, my budgets. You know, I'm obviously qualified, pro license. Worked really hard. So just to uh, really to quash all the inexperience rumors, you know I'm, I'm experienced in terms of getting the coaching hours in. I've worked really hard, uh, and you know this is where I want to be. You know I've had, um, you know I've been in, in football for a long time. Um, obviously this is my first big big role, uh, and one that I'm really looking forward to. I'm really excited. Um, I think you just mentioned yourself in the. I think it's unfortunate for, you know, for a club beside the Brisbane to be having a bit of a tough time uh, but you know I'm all for looking for the positives and obviously me being here is the, you know, is the essence of the club maybe struggling so um, I'm, I'm a positive part of that I think.
1: You've had some time here in Australia, we know how much you love this country, your time with the North Queensland Fury and, and the Perth Glory, how much will you lean on that? In terms of knowledge of the
3: A League, yeah, massively. Um, you've mentioned yourself. I had two good years here. You know, I loved my time here. My family did. Um, you know, I came over here. You uh, people were saying that hey, you come over here for, for a bit of a jolly. You know, I loved my time. I worked really hard, and hopefully, that like, you know, that the people who I played with sort of learned something from me. I went home, uh, and you know, never stopped watching the A League. You know, I watched the teams uh, all the while, and. Uh, you know, it's taken me a long time to get back here, and uh, you know, thankfully now I'm here. You have some very strong links to the UK, of course, from your time
1: uh, with Liverpool, the knowledge of of the footballing landscape over there. How much will you lean on that? What sort of players, maybe coaches, will you look to bring over from the UK to the
3: Brisbane Roar? Well, well, look, you know, I was a player who was you know, passionate, I was committed, I had that drive, and I obviously want to you know, bring that type of player to to Brisbane Roar. Uh, look, it's a it's a tough job. It's a tough ask, uh, but I believe I'm the right man to do that. Bringing the right players, you know, I want to play the right way. You know, you've mentioned before in terms of Brisbane, you know, they've had some fantastic years here in terms of what they've won. Uh, you know, the way they played football was, I mean, it was real, real good. You know, very easy on the eye. So yeah, of course, I want to do that. Uh, and I think you know, Club, decides of Brisbane, deserves to be back. Uh, you know, at the top levels of Australian football, uh, and you know, we will be there.
0: Some... Alright, so that was uh, Fowler there once again. I believe that was from the Fox Sports feed where he was talking to Daniel Garb.
2: Yeah, that was the very beginning of the press conference where he asked him those very obvious questions at the start which a lot of people wanted to answer.
0: Yeah, so uh, that's probably why the audio is a little bit lower on that just yep. in case you were wondering. <laughs> um, my, I suppose my next question as well is obviously with the recruitment as well and a first-time manager, he's obviously brought in his assistant as well. Adam? As an Everton fan, you can tell us a little bit about him. Yeah, look,
1: um, it was something that we we well, not broke, but um, the, the news came out earlier this morning that um, former Everton, uh, Burnley, and Manchester City player uh, Tony Grant, um, he's he's you know, he's going to be the assistant now. So obviously, it's, you have Robbie Fowler the head coach, Tony Grant, and Darren Davies will be his assistants. And look, um, Tony Grant, he's actually got a very interesting um, coaching history. Like, so forget obviously, playing; like, he wasn't. He wasn't a superstar of any nature or anything like that, but he he obviously he had some a bit of achievements coaching. I think mainly as time at Blackburn Rovers, you know, between twenty twelve and twenty fifteen, where he went and won the FA Youth Cup, um, the the Academy League um, as well. So and then he spent he, and he just recently um, was the Black Blackpool um, assistant manager. So he he is a guy that actually does have, and he actually went through the same um, coaching courses and did his badge at the same time as Robbie Fowler. And he was actually going to, um, when, when Robbie Fowler applied for the Bristol City job, that he was he actually said on the public record that he was going to have um, Tony Grant's assistant then. So obviously this is almost, that comes as a package. And when you've,
0: when you've got a first-time coach, I don't care what sport it is, it could be football, it mm. could be rugby union, yeah. Aussie rules, ice hockey, anything. Speaking of, game seven tomorrow, go Bruins. Move on. Anyway, we, <laughs> I do want to, like, I do want to, you know, say, you know, the most important thing for any first time coach is surrounding yourself with a fantastic, uh, lot of assistance. Like, I can think of, you know, yeah. other other f- first up coaches who have made sure that, all right, I know where my weaknesses are, and this is what yeah. Yeah. Know, my assistant will be able to help fix. And I
1: think, I think for, for me, you know, sort of as far as my opinion on the whole, um, sort of Robbie Pavella appointment and all that. And all of that was that was basically when I heard that you know Tony Grant and looking up and reading up what his credentials were, it actually makes you feel a lot more comfortable thinking. Well, you know what, this can work yeah. because it will work the team. And now add Darren Davies, yeah. who's obviously you know been around the side, been yeah. through the worst of times. Hopefully, he'll see some of the best times.
2: And when he was asked about this in his press conference, he, he did mention the fact that he's got a tremendous youth history of bringing through players. Mm-hmm. players how important that is, and that's really important because if he, if Tony, what's, sorry, what's uh, Grant, Tony Grant? Tony Grant. Sorry, I'm sort of trying to catch up on the. I could have said Tony Adams and had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, I, would, I would have believed, but he's got a tremendous history of um, youth, and obviously Darren Davies mm-hmm. has brought through a lot of youth, and he's worked at Melbourne Victory in the past in a youth setup. So there's obviously now a couple of guys there who've got youth background, youth development background. That's really important when you think about the current makeup of mm. this Brisbane Royal side and the amount of good young players they've got coming through. If there's coaches now who are going to show faith in them and belief in them, that could be only good things for them.
0: Yep, yep. and also looking at the players that are in fact contracted for yep. next year It is mostly the youth players. So there is something to, I suppose, think, you know what, there's something going on here. But the one other, I suppose, positive you can take out of this, had they have gone and signed a Carl Robinson or something from overseas, Mm -hmm. Thaler at least has played in the A League. You know, obviously it's very different from when he was playing there, but it is at least something that he does at least know, okay, well, this is roughly what I'm getting myself into. I know this is going
2: to sound crazy, but... He says he's been watching the A-League as well quite a lot since he left, so that's another positive if he has been watching, particularly watching the Raw in the last few weeks. He's been seeing a lot of these performances, and he would be well aware of which players need to go.
0: Yeah, and apparently he, you know, was at one point in time in the mix for Perth last year as well, so it's not like, like, you know, this is a case of, oh, look, here's an open job, I'll go for it, like, other he was in
2: the frame for the Perth job when Popovich got it. He was in the frame for the Newcastle job when Ernie Merrick got that. So he's been applying for jobs in the A-League for a while.
0: And as someone who, you know, and as anyone who's graduated uni understands, getting that first job is a real pain. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, that's just one other thing as well. Like, look, I, I honestly think we could keep talking about, you know, the Fowler future and whatnot for another half an hour and whatnot. But I kind of wanted to sum it up. For me personally, it's not who I would have picked. Well, I'm not going to make a secret about that. I would have much rather have seen someone with a better managerial yeah. resume, but you know, I, I'm going to. I'm happy to give him a chance, and you know, if he's you know lifting up FFA Cup, Premier's Plate, or the mm-hmm. toilet seat in the next twelve months, twenty-four months, whatever. Good for him. I, I'm not going to be upset about that. Look, I
1: think I think my, my sort of summary on that is simply that you know what, with with risk comes reward. You know, and you know, signing Ant
0: was a big risk yep. as well and, then, and I
1: think I think we're and I think we're back to that point where you know you we wanted a decade ago this is how the raw went from you know mediocre to the, the club it, you, yeah. you know and, they, and in the press conference you know you did say that you know the raw are a big club so'm yeah. we're hoping that you know lightning does strike twice you know without without risks there's no reward so look let's just hope that you know it's a self-fulfilling prophecy
2: I very much just about saying Angels of risk because there was a track record there where he knew that he would do things in a particular way. He, given his time at South Melbourne, he would do things in his way, and it was successful. So there was there was less of a risk there. But with the with disappointment, look, we have to trust it, believe in it, have faith in it because it's they're not going to change it. We can whinge about it all you like. They're not going to say, oh well, everyone's upset about. It. We're going to go and change the make a different decisions. So it's got to have faith in it and hope that it works. I mean, yeah, well, he I- has got some strong contacts he's Hopefully, he can bring in some visa players that are. Of a high standing can oh. make a difference, because in this league, recruitment of visa players is key. If you can get that right, it can overcome a lot of things.
1: I just will say one thing that, you know, uh, look, because, uh, you know, obviously there's been a lot of sort of discourse about it. Um, and, and that, you know, the, the fans have been right to question, especially on the experience angle or lack thereof. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's done. Yeah. You know, the, t- the true fans of the club knows that you know who who actually give a damn about the club rather than sort of their own self gratification. You know, they'll they'll yeah. they'll sort of get the point and say, okay, we've got to give them a chance now. Yeah. And yeah, uh, and and there's going to be a honeymoon period. Yep. What happens beyond the honeymoon period, and whether the raw is still stuck in the same place that we are right now, or whether there's some improvement, that's in the future. But I yeah. think right now, you know, yeah. you've got to give them a chance.
2: And I know we've got to transition the game, but this season has been a disappointing one for the Raw. But even we, even despite this horrible season that they've had and the terrible weather on Saturday afternoon, there were still 8,000 people at Cycle State, which shows you there is a genuine following and, was, and there is a, a percentage of the fan base who still genuinely do care. I think those people, regardless of who the coach is and their feelings of him, if they support different Premier League clubs, for example... I think they'll get behind him. I think, and I think we silly, all have to yeah, get behind him. I think it's yeah. a
1: silly excuse. Oh, yeah. I'm not like look, we we joke about it and whatnot. You know, I'm an Everton supporter. You're a Manchester United supporter. You know we joke about it. In the, the day, you know, irrespective of that, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna turn our back on the raw or anything like that, or you know, go out on a big agenda, you know, against him just because you know we support those clubs yeah. and he's a Liverpool legend. Yeah, you know, and it's
2: yeah, and it's also just a fan, I have nothing to say about the Premier League this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, look. I think all three of us, as
0: Raw fans, we Ooh. want what's best for the club. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, we do, of course. And also, mm. just doing this show as well, just selfishly, yeah. the better the Raw do, the better we do. Like, the yeah, more, exactly. like, fan, yeah. like not, it's not a club-specific thing, but fans, in, like fans in sport anywhere, are incredibly fickle. Yeah. As we've seen this year with the number of people, you know, we yeah. see commenting every weekend yeah. going, oh, "I'm done with this club, yeah. I'm off the bandwagon, yeah. I'm you know going to go support Newcastle."
2: Well. This will be interesting as well. Yeah. No matter what, whether it's a success or it's a not success, this will be interesting. It will generate interest, and that's again from our perspective. It's going to give us plenty to talk about over yeah. the next year, two years, three years, however long. And this there goes is plenty.
0: For. And look, there is plenty of intrigue as well. You know, who's Fowler going to bring in? I think all five visa spots are open for next year. Correct? Yes. So let's just see what happens. Yeah. All right, uh, we've been going for a while. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk about. Saturday night. We're so looking forward to it. This is the Brisbane Football Review.
4: You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this.
0: All right, we're back on the Brisbane Football Review in our post-Easter bloated special. I think we're still getting through the chocolates, as it were. Yep. And we will very, very briefly touch on Saturday night's A-League result after the breaking news from last night Slash This Morning about Robbie Fowler's hiring as Brisbane Royal coach, and I think there's a lot for him to work on if Saturday night against Newcastle was anything to go by. I honestly didn't know what to expect. We suggested there might have been seven or so goals in the game. Unfortunately, Mm. six of them went the way of
2: Newcastle. Yeah, they did. I mean, look, look, the young players have played so well over the last couple of weeks, but you could see they really did hit the, the rookie wall. You'd know about this in the NFL when you... When, when young, yep. When young players in, they when they've played three, four, five games in a row with a high intensity, they do tend to hit the wall, and that was pretty evident on Saturday night. I will also say that they did they did their part in the game. I think some of the senior players let let them down,
0: almost like they youth the youth players maybe aren't getting enough uh, you know proper football opportunities at the moment in this country.
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing. The thing is that you know, people like we, like this time last year, the the in joke was, play the youth, you know. Oh, why you got dad's army? Well, you know what? This is this is the, this is the reality when you have youth players playing. Is that you are going to get a good performance, and then you are going to get a bad performance. Yeah.
0: Anyone who's watched like NPL yeah. and youth league results from the last. Yeah. I don't know yep. how long it's been running with the youth teams. Yeah, knows exactly. That's what yep. that's what you get. With especially, the youth it's,
1: and it's almost and like I said, when I say a bad performance. Like I said, it wasn't. A, they went. They went out in the game and were terrible from minute one to minute ninety. Look, they were good for the first twenty minutes or so, and then they were good for the first ten minutes or so in the second half. Especially when they scored the goal. But I think the go, the, the ride over the second goal. Yeah, he scored. That was the straw that broke the camel's back, and that it was it from there. Uh, it just fell to pieces because that's what that's what kids do. Or majority kids do. You got to remember, there were eight players under twenty-one in that squad on yeah. Saturday night. It's going to
2: happen. Darren Davies we'll did make that point as well in his post-match comments about the fact that when you play young players so much, the performances can vary yeah, up and down.
0: We'll get to that in a second. I just also want to point out as well. You can see, you know, about them running out of gas as well when you consider. What? Zach Duncan scored in the 49th minute to make it 2 1. Yep. Then O'Donovan got one in the 55th minute. And from there, it was 65, 69, and 90 seconds. So yeah. it was basically a case of, well, look, they had nothing left to give. Now, speaking of audio, I think we might run a few clips from the press conference now. So let's hear what Darren Davies had to say about the game in general.
1: You've
4: got lots of, lots of my
1: players out, but that's the biggest loss of-
3: I didn't know
5: that. I didn't know that. It is what it is. It is what it is. So, we're in the position we're in. So, we just need to move forward. We've got, as you say, we've got the position we're in. Those young boys out there, are giving it all. So, along with that statistic, it probably was the youngest elite team you've ever fielded as well. But it's the position that we're in. So, we named 17 fit players, that's all we've got. That's where we're at where we're at. So no problem. Did you when you scored the
1: you know, you know, four minutes into the second half, you know, two one, could you sort of you know,
5: see well did you think G were a chance and then could you, you well, know, believe what you know what sort of happened after that? I think if, if you know as I say that, that if you want to talk about the game, I thought the first twenty five minutes, we were very good. Should probably have taken the lead should probably have had one or two we had the majority chances when you're playing with a young team they run out of intensity they run out of steam and that last 25 minutes of the first half they were were the better side for that first 25 when we asked them to press at the intensity that they they did when we asked them to execute the things that they did we did it very well and should have scored last 25 different story of the first half we come in they have a little bit of rest we try and adjust a few things and the same thing happened in the second half the first 10-15 minutes of the second half we were to the better side we score we're on the front foot a little bit of naive defending and again it is what it is we've got boys up there so I'll stick up for them 100% I'm sticking up for them it is what it is the the position we're in is the position the club is in and we're playing young players who are giving it all so I'm going to stick up to them to the very end they're giving everything they're giving all they got so you know what and I urge your supporters to do the same.
0: Alright, so that's obviously a very, I suppose, exhausted Darren Davies after a rough evening at Suncorp Stadium where weather sucked, results sucked, there wasn't a lot of positives to take out of it, but one, you know, there was one, believe it or not, Zach Duncan, you know, I think built on a promising performance against, was it, Wellington, managed to actually convert one of his chances after having a few against Wellington and...
2: And getting that finish yeah. on the board. And again, this is what he, this is what Zach Duncan brings to the side. Those runs in behind. him. I mean, Wenzel Hall's had the shot, but he was the first one to react, making that run forward. He's got a pretty similar goal actually in the NPL a few weeks ago. So this is not out of character of him. This is this is the way he plays the game. And we started to see again those movements off the ball from him are fantastic, and it can be a it can really be a big part of his game going forward in the, in a midfield for the Raw where the, there is a need for someone who brings energy and movement. Hmm.
0: And also, I suppose you know. Harkening back to segment one a little bit, you've got those young attackers, you've got Wental Horse, you've got Zach Duncan. and yeah. got a pretty good striker yeah. to learn from as well.
1: Yeah, look, that's, that's the thing is, it? and it's the, irrespective of how the season ends. You know, if it ends on on Thursday. The, the it is the, ending the,
2: on Thursday.
4: Flash.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh no, no. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> come like, on, come on, salary like, cap <laughs> What I'm saying is, it's a win, a loss, or a draw on Thursday. Yeah. These um, these young these young kids in there they in the side they've gained valuable experience you know in what you know has been I guess a tough environment that you know it's a case of they've been thrown into it you know and they've had to basically either sink or swim and I think they'll only get better over the off season so you got, you got to sort of look in isolation for the youngsters and say you know what whatever they do from here they've got experience on their belt and you know they've got an off season to you know to learn their craft a bit more. And, you know, and go on then I think you expect big yep. things next season from
2: them and they will have as we talked about earlier a couple of assistant coaches who are highly pedigreed in youth development who will help them through as well definitely
0: well Adam you asked a question to Darren Davies in the press conference so let's hear what he had to say about uh, Duncan's goal and also about you know the young players actually hitting the wall
5: brilliant absolutely brilliant Halo to the mate you know he's a young boy 18 years old, and um, for him to score is obviously a dream come true. Uh, you know, and he was good, and, and you know, people need to be careful what you want. Oh, you want to play young players, you want to play old players, oh, you should be, yeah. Well, when you play young players consistently, they might give you a game at an intensity, they might give you two games at an intensity. But at a level of consistency and intensity, it's not going to happen. And those young boys tonight, um, you know, they, they faded. But, again, they, they give everything. And, you know, we just need to rest them up now. And um, and come Thursday, we'll uh, last game of the season. And, um, as I say, we'll, we'll... We obviously need to uh, try and pick them up.
0: All right, so that was Darren Davies. Yeah, obviously you've got to pick the players up for Thursday's game, which we will do a little bit of a preview of later on, for yep. whatever it's actually worth. But... Uh, you mentioned this before, you know, we've said young players, you know, did what they could, um, hit the wall a little bit, but there was quite a bit of criticism for some of the senior players,
2: Scott. There was. I mean, the commentary was rather scathing from Nick Meredith in this on Saturday, and I actually agree with him, because, again, you look at... When you've got young players out there, you really want the senior players to guide them through and help them out. And you look at Daniel Leck on that right-hand side, he's not a fullback, But he's now going up against a, a young winger in Joey Chance. I know it's one of Adam's favorite but We don't quite have time to cover all that today but he's yeah, a young I'll just, mute, could, I'll just could, mute Adam he's a young direct pace with a point to prove against Brisbane shall we say and he did give Daniel Leck a tough time but yeah. where was his where was his winger tracking back to help yeah. him where was he again yeah. not for the first time this year he was not there helping him and Vujicic was overlapping as well and it made life very very difficult for, for Dan Leck on, fri- on yeah. Saturday afternoon that was a I think again you want your senior players to really help them through in those games and you can criticise Bojack for some of his defensive work quite often but the one thing you can say is he always puts in he always puts that shift in to get back and make his tackles he might have got He might have like, put in a few too many studs he might <laughs> he very well might have done again on Saturday if he was playing but you know he's going to get back and make that effort I yeah. didn't see that on Saturday
1: yeah no um it was a nightmare for Daniel leck against Joe Champness. he like he look we, we I don't know we've touched a lot on the negative sides of the raw but you know, look I think uh Newcastle I think uh, Ernie Merrick you know, in his in his press, he was you know, Very, very happy, and I think uh, Joe Champness um, definitely—he was—he was was a spark plug for that, and just look, and he just made uh, Daniel Lick's life a living hell.
0: Well, I actually want to play the audio from Fox Sports right now about Nick Meredith talking about some of these. Problems that's going on with the ROAR as well, so we'll play that right now.
4: One of the biggest problems with this club this year has been the quality of their imports. Now, Eric Botiak, you can't fault. He's been, no problem with him at all. He's done more, he's done exactly what you'd expect from him. The other three, the other foreigners at this club have been nothing no, short of good. dire. And if your foreigners don't contribute in this league, you're in all sorts of trouble. Brisbane Roar were
5: really perhaps the gold standard
4: if you've given foreigners right can build a dynasty. Yeah, but you've got to get hungry foreigners. And that's when Thomas Breusch came here, he had something to prove. Bessart Barisha had something to prove. Corona was hungry when he came here. There's guys out there that don't look even remotely hungry to me.
0: Okay, so that was obviously on the Fox Sports broadcast Saturday night. And, you know, he kind of made a really good point there, Meredith, saying, you know, guys look like they're just
2: ready for the holidays Mm -hmm. to start. Yeah, he was referencing more Lopez. Just before that clip, he was talking about Lopez not covering in a particular instance, but again, his general point about the visa players for the role, I think it's a good one. I don't think they have lived up to expectations for the most part. Put Bojack yeah. aside, as he said, I think Bojack's done a really good job. But they, yet, they, but even Bojack, they have to be right. You've got to get them right. And we talked about this in segment one with the new coach. You've got to, you've got to get the right visa players to out here for the right reasons. Yeah, well. that's the most important thing.
0: And look, I'm a little bit harsher on Bochek in general, where mm-hmm. I think yes, he's been good, but. The rule needs someone to be better than good.
1: Yeah, look, and that's the thing is, and it, it comes down to yeah, when the, and this is where what happens, why did the se- the youth players seem to drop ahead? If the senior players are not playing well, it affects it. And like I said, I, I say it with with one exception. That's the old, the oldest guy in the park, Matt Mackay. Oh, he dude. was he was <laughs> excellent again. Um, and unfortunately, a couple of goals that were conceded, um, especially the one that, that made it three-one, where yeah. basically. Matt Mackay versus Roy O'Donovan. There was always only going to be ever be one winner yeah. on that. And but the thing is, is that it should never have gotten that spot because no one cut Bucher yeah. B- B- down, you know, and not once they cut down, but stopped him, you know, making that you know that pinpoint cross. Because yeah, Cause, yeah after that, when you, as soon as we saw it, yeah. you, know, you saw, oh, this is game over. Yeah. O'Donovan's just going to, any piece of it, it's going to go in. And look, at that that's the thing is, is that um, yeah, the, the senior players they really have yeah. um, when they've struggled. Yep.
2: No, you're absolutely right about McKay. You could you can never ever question his effort and intensity in a game every single game he's played he plays at 100% intensity yep. some and of the other senior players out there might need to follow suit
0: and that is also probably why you know up until what was it 7 o'clock last Wednesday I was actually thinking the rule were going to offer him a new contract yeah. <laughs> and then 20 minutes after we finished recording last week's episode it came through that Matt McKay was set to make a quote unquote major announcement mm. we'll get onto that a little bit more later on um, we'll just wrap this up very quickly we said we wouldn't t- talk about it for too long, 12 <laughs> minutes later. Right. Uh, biggest ever loss in A-League history, yep. Uh, yep. I'm just going to leave this Still two... not the biggest ever loss. That was the 6-0 against All Sun in the Champions League. In A-League history, yes. Yep. Um, I'm just going to finish off this discussion point with two words. That sucks. Anyway, uh, raw W-League defender Gem- Jenna McCormick is going to focus on football after previously juggling AFLW and W-League duty, so... Looking forward to hopefully seeing her back in Orange next year.
2: Yeah, probably got one eye on Tokyo 2020. I would imagine at this point, not having been included in the World Cup, in the national team squads, leading up to the World Cup, that that opportunity might have slipped her pie. But there's an equally big goal in the women's game for the Olympics in just over a year's time. That would, I would imagine, be something she's looking at very closely. And in our
0: not-at-all biased Raw fans' eyes, she's certainly more than capable of doing that.
1: Well, yeah, and the one thing that we all forget about um, Jo McCormick as well, in the, in the prism of that, you know, she's leaving AFL to focus on football. She's only 24 years old. Yeah, she can she can have probably three or four more years playing, you know, professional professional football, or at least. Counter in women's football, and then go back to the AFL. So I think that's that's a good thing. Is that you know she's still young, you know, and all all I hope is that you know we see her in a raw jersey next season.
0: Do you think that when she left the Adelaide Crows, uh, you know, facility for the last time, there was someone like Moses like going, "You'll be back.
1: They all
2: come crawling back, (laughs) even you, and you, and you." Well, I would imagine she'll be back. That's a great reference, but. You're right. I really hope she plays for the Raw next year because it was a big, mine, big part of the. Raw. Mind I'm, you, she's already got yeah. two
1: AFLW premierships as yeah. well already, so there may not be any need to go back. You know, and it's it's good that you know she's chase her dream on a more go you know, on a more global, global yeah. stage. And look, you know, uh, uh, like so I hope we see her in orange next
2: year. Hear season. that AFL global? You're not, you're
1: not global. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: steering well clear. I'm steering well clear of the code Wars. Right
2: now. Yeah. What's his face? the CEO can message me if he wants. I'm How all for starting flame in the like I'm all for that. I've had plenty of fun with that down I'll, the years. I'll let you deal with David Kosh. Great. Right.
0: Yes. Uh, four, raw, so keeping on with the uh, W League and whatnot, four role players have been named in the young Matilda squad. Goalkeeper Annelie Grove, midfielder Leah Davidson and Holly Palmer, and forward India Paige Riley. Uh, they're playing uh, Nepal, Myanmar, and Uzbekistan in the group. Top two progress to the under 19 AFC championships in Thailand later in the year so yep. best of luck to them
1: if we thought the Ollie Roos were should have gotten through Jesus it would be a major embarrassment if uh, if the under 19 goals didn't get through here they're they're, they're a good team Uzbekistan are only the, the only real threat in that top two look that should be fine they can look forward to Thailand later in the year
0: anyway um now this is normally where we would go through the NPL results in some great detail but we're just going to Uh, run through the scores quickly uh, because if you want more detailed analysis you can go on our Facebook page The Raw Review we're still working on changing that to Brisbane Football Review it's a long story Um, where you two did your post game show last night I believe yep and Saturday
2: night yep at Corporate Telephone Stadium after the City Olympic game yep yep
0: Yep. so uh, that's where you can get your NPL recap for the Brisbane Football Review at the moment (laughs) Um, just quickly, and, we'll, quick and we'll
1: probably
2: and we'll do one
1: tomorrow night after power and fire at AJ Kelly,
0: and that will be a good game. So, quick round eleven uh, recap: Olympic three, City two, Lions three, Pride one, East eight, uh, Magpies Crusaders three, Moreton Bay five, Southwest Queensland one, Strikers one, Gold Coast Knights six. Gold Coast United and Redlands was postponed because if you don't live in Brisbane, it's been very, very wet this weekend, which made for a fantastic weekend to go away to the beach for the for yeah. the last five days.
2: The only thing I'm going to say about this is I'm 6 1. I've seen that scoreline somewhere else this weekend. They really like following in the footsteps, don't they, during the Prairie Park? <laughs> as Adam mentioned, tomorrow night, <laughs> as we're recording, Penn Power against
0: Sunshine Coast. Uh, in the WNPL results, Lions 2, Gap 0. Logan 3, Pride 2. Gold Coast Fork, Palabar 1. East 3, Southwest Queensland 0. And Sunny Coast, Mitchellton I believe, has been postponed.
2: To the 22nd of May. Yes.
0: Sorry. Now, uh, Friday's NPL games. Uh, Redlands, Morton Bay, Friday night. Saturday, Southwest Queensland against Lions. Uh, Gold Coast Knights against Raw. Magpies, Crusaders hosting City. Sunday, Sunshine Coast against Gold Coast United. Olympic against Strikers. And East against Pride. Now, I believe the FQPL is also back... This weekend as well, but fear not, you'll be spared from my uh, commentary this weekend. They'll be bringing uh, one of the big big guns in, I believe, for that. I don't know which game because I'm not looking at the email right now, but check out all the live games on Football Queensland's YouTube channel and a couple of games with commentary on Facebook page. I think that's everything mm-hmm. I need to do. Anyway, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back with our Legends Depart and season finale uh, segment. Brisbane Football Review. will be back right after this.
4: You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this.
0: And we're back for the final segment of the Brisbane Football Review here on this Wednesday... uh, Tuesday evening. Sorry, force of habit there. James Scott and Adam here with you. And um, as always, welcome any questions, comments, feedback, etc. We actually got one from Andy talking uh, about the Robbie Fowler appointment, saying, you know, obviously questions about his uh, inexperience and whatnot, but... You know, have to hope for the best.
2: Yes, you do. Yep. There's plenty of people who are asking that question, but again, he's done his coaching badges, and you just have to right. hope it works out. Yes, that's right. So, a-
1: Adam. Yeah, no, no, no. It's just I'm just actually reading what um, Andy had to say on the on our Facebook post, and look, it, it, exactly. I think we covered it. And said you know, questions about experience are justifiable. I think many of the realistic available coaches would have had majority of fans on site. And Look, that's that's a very salient point. That you know, I don't know what the fans expected. Um, as far as a coach goes, you know...
2: Wenger. Oh, sorry, was that... No, I mean? think I think Kurtz was... Marco Kurtz was one that mm, a lot yeah. of people were expecting he would be firmly in the frame. Maybe he was... Maybe it did come down to those two at the end and they went with what, the way the decision they made, but yeah. I think that was an option that a Bear. lot of people would have looked at and thought, yeah, that's one we could get behind, but...
0: That's right. Um, uh, yeah, anyway, the plugs, yeah. Facebook, Raw Review. Uh, we're still working on changing that to Brisbane Football Review. It's a long story. Twitter, at BNE Football, And... Email Review at gmail.com. Send through questions, comments, discussion topics. We may be sourcing some uh, listener opinions in the season review and looking forward shows, I think. So yeah. Just because uh, it's round 27 of the A-League coming up doesn't mean that we uh, will be stopping in the near future. I think we'll have a couple of uh, post-season shows lined up.
2: Yep. Plus, Plus our
1: NPL coverage as well. Of
0: course. Um, and what else was I about to say? Oh yeah, that's right, you're obviously listening to this podcast on one of Wooshka, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Radio Public, or Stitcher? Close enough. Yeah. All anyway. good
2: and all other pay- podcasting platforms. Yep,
0: that's right. Okay, we've got the Three Stooges uh, thing out of the way, and Thursday uh, was a bit of an emotional day at Suncorp Stadium, as uh, Matt Mackay announced his retirement from uh, all sorts of professional football. <laughs>
5: First of all... Oh, yeah!
0: Of course, that wasn't actually Matt McKay's retirement <laughs> announcement. Right, it would have been hilarious. That would have been if a a fantastic. <laughs> that, been, that was from, of course, the 2011 Grand Final. First thing he said when he walked up on stage as the winning captain. It's a day that's been coming, I suppose, as well. Um, yeah, it's a bit a bit of a sad day, though. McKay have been like synonymous with Brisbane Raw from day one as well and during the press conference I actually asked him what it meant to be a uh, one club A-League player.
2: There was a bit of interest throughout my career from other A-League clubs but um yeah my phone was pretty much only dialed to Brisbane Raw. I uh, wanted to come home um, when that opportunity arose uh, the time was great um, and I signed a you know four-year deal back here uh, which is yeah, huge for uh, not only for myself but for Amanda as well and um we knew then we could start our family and um, and the bonus was that, you know, a World Cup was on the horizon, so I had to I had to be playing. So that was that came into my decision and and am um, very grateful the Raw gave me that opportunity and that contract, uh, because we won that title that year, uh,
3: leading into a World Cup. So um, yeah, that was huge. Really huge. So there's
0: Matt Mackay talking about, you know, being Brisbane Raw being the only A League club he's played for and I think it's actually kind of good that he's, you know, able to say,
2: the Roar are my only A-League team. It would have been a tremendous shame if he'd played for another A-League club, wouldn't it? You think Not it, that I think it would have happened. Yeah, but no, but you think about around the A-League, there's a, there's a few players who are really synonymous with their club. You think about, like, Lee Broxham is Melbourne Victor, for example. I mean, I, I know Alex Bross did play a season up here, but you think he, you think of him, you think of Sydney FC, for example. And it's, it's good that that is the case in a lot of respects, because for those... Those fan bases that that those sort of players can then become icons of legends, and up here in Brisbane, certainly Matt Mackay fits that bill.
1: Yeah, look, um, there's, there's not much more that you can cover on on Matt Mackay. You know, I, I just think it's it's great that you know he go and, and we've, we've said it for a while now that when it's a that the good thing is that he chose when to retire, not he was pushed out by a new coach or, you know, by injury, which is uh, unfortunate for another legend that's about to depart. But th- at the end of the day, it's, it's I guess it's fitting that, you know, probably when you talk about, you know, he may not have been the best player the Raw's ever had. I think that that's um, there's another certain uh, number 22 that we, we've talked about that probably has that place as the, as the best Raw player of all time. But he is probably the most synonymous and... It's it's just thankfully that he gets to go on his terms.
4: Yeah,
0: and you know I'm a big believer in it's always better to leave a year too early and a year too late. And as you mentioned with Broich, you know he left every, even though he only had one good ankle, he left everyone thinking I can still play another Mm. year.
2: Yeah, he might not be the best player to play for Brisbane, but he's the greatest player of Brisbane. You think about what he's meant for the club all along. He's been here the whole time. Everything, all the ups and downs, he's been there for it all basically. It's actually apart from that two years when he was overseas with Rangers and and Busan, get, and Park, Busan and I Park and Chang Chang Yatsu I think it yeah. was of the three clubs but apart from that little stint overseas he's been here the whole time and he really is Brisbane Raw
1: and you know, and the one thing as well is that he it, the way he served during that two year period you know he left he left winning the title and then i believe when he came back I believe that was a day we thought, you know what, that, t- that 2013-14 team was going to go all the way because he, he felt like he was the missing piece. So, so basically, in the time away, and it was like nothing really did change. So, And look, it's just going to be weird next season, you know, not seeing Matt Mackay as part of you know, the squad. But you know what, you Now congratulations on, a, on you know, a legendary career.
0: And after the press conference, I had a chance to chat with David Perret, the Managing Director of the Roar, Asked him this question. So on the pitch and off the pitch, how hard is it going to be for the club to replace what Matt Mackay's meant to them?
3: Oh, I think you can never replace it on and off the pitch. Um, You'll always find different people to take positions, but you can't replace the person that Matt Mackay is and the character that he represents and the people that he's connected with from past owners, present owners, um, fans of the club, members of the club, sponsors... His international duties, his socceroos, fellow friends, the coaches that he's had, you can't replace that. That takes a unique individual because um, if it was that easy, we'd just have a a chorus line or a a line of people just waiting to come in and be the next Matt McKay. Um, He's unique. He'll be one of a kind and the club will always remember him, reflect on him with um, good thoughts and the contributions he's made. Um, But importantly, he'll always be part of the Brisbane Royal family.
0: And our thanks to David Perret for taking a few minutes to chat with us after that. And yeah, it's it's going to be a real big hole in the club itself, isn't it, Scott?
2: Yeah, it will be a massive hole. We mentioned it before. He's the last remaining player from the opening, from that first ever game against Sydney FC down in Gosford in the Oceania Champions Cup qualifiers in two thousand and four, I believe that was. Oh, it might have been two thousand and five. I forget. Well, no, it was two thousand and five. But. Yep. That's a, that was a long time ago, obviously, and he's the last remaining player. From that last remaining player from the first ever eight-league game, and, yeah, it's a massive hole to fill, and someone's going to have to come in and fill those shoes. It's a, it's a massive hole.
1: Truly really an end of an era.
2: Yep. And thankfully, he's ditched the frosted tips, trying to look like a member of NSYNC. He <laughs> might bring those back. You never know. Why you know, not bring no. it back on Thursday?
1: you got plenty of time on his hands, Neil.
2: Bring it back on Thursday. Why not? Well, he's actually uh, said that he's got
0: a lot of, um, got a lot of things... Going on in his life, I think he even gave a plug for a couple of his uh, side businesses during his press conference. Which, yeah. <laughs> if you watch, it actually is very good.
1: Good. Yeah. You know, it was a you really good um, press conference, yep. I think. You know, the the statement, the questions that, that were asked. It was just, it was a real feel good, you know, yep. sort of moment. I think one of the, I think one of the highlights of the raw season, yep. actually.
2: Well yeah, We don't really have time for it. It's a great quote from Nick Meredith talking about Ange Postel. Post thoughts sorts of coaching. Matt Mackay is well. You know what? A fantastic I'm going to make an executive decision. We
4: do have time for it. I'll... Matt was one of the most incredibly strong-minded footballers I have coached. I actually built the Brisbane team around him. I had known him from our time together with the young Socceroos and knew he had all the characteristics for the short passing game I wanted to build. Technical ability and courage. Once I convinced him at the all we were on the right track, I knew we would achieve great things. Of course, he then left me after the first year. I got to work with him again with the Socceroos, which was fantastic. We won the A-League together and went to a World Cup and also won the Asian Cup. One of my favourite all-time players to coach.
0: So that was uh, Ange Postacoglu via Nick Meredith there at the press conference with nothing but praise for Matt McKay and someone who is definitely going to be missed. And I think a discussion topic for two weeks' time will be who's going to replace him as club captain.
2: Absolutely. I mean, there's a couple of options potentially in that Current A-League squad, and you never know who's going to be brought in. So right. we we'll just have to find out. But I would imagine there's a couple of options out there to start with.
0: One player who unfortunately won't be an option will be Enrique, who the he and the club had a joint announcement saying that he will be leaving Brisbane Roar at the end of the season, not retiring, but leaving Brisbane Roar. We assume for good this time.
1: Yeah. Look, um, I think well, I think at least the a player. Anyway, I think um, his time's done. I think because of the, um, I think, the significant groin injuries he's had, I think there's sort of questions of whether, you know, he can, he'll resume his career elsewhere, be it, you know, local level or another A-League club or somewhere in Asia. But, um, yeah, look, it's, it's another sort of end of an era for um, Enrique. But at least this time he actually gets to send off the he deserves because last time he was sort of rushed and out the door and no real sort of
2: fanfare. Yeah, he yeah. had the press conference yesterday morning. Obviously, yeah, it was highly emotional, too, because um, he held it together for a fair bit, and then he got asked about the um 2011 and 2014 grand finals, and then he um, teared up a little bit, shall we say? Yeah, definitely, and we won't play those clips for you now, just for timing
0: perspective. Yep. But
1: we do, we do have both the um Matt McKay and Enrique, uh interviews in full on our Facebook page, if you want to go back and relive it or wear it for the first time.
0: Yep, definitely, yeah. it was. Yeah, it is the end of an era, and looking at the two players as a whole, it's two players who, you know, if you wanted to hold on to the past, maybe you could have kept one of them, but I actually think it's really good for them to say, yep, alright, time's up, let's go, and uh, you know, one thing I do love about the internet is seeing some of the fans who were dishing out nothing but horrendous personal abuse on these players for most of the season now saying, oh, what a mistake it is to see them go.
2: It is. It's, it really is an year. I had to have one petty but Particularly with um, Enrique, I think about... like the grand His grand final history alone is something that will keep him in Brisbane Royal folklore. Just at the beginning, you think about... Everyone talks about the 2011 penalty and the 2014 grand final winning goal. But he goal. scored the opening goal. That's exactly what I was mm. about to say. He scored the first goal in the comeback against the Mariners in 2011. He has had more big moments in grand finals than any other player for Brisbane well, Royal. DF- that includes Breutsch and Borussia.
0: DFS actually posted, I think it was yesterday saying, you know, what were your three favourite Enrique moments? I think I had third... No, what were your favourite Enrique moments? Yeah. Third for me would be scoring that opener in the grand... or the Raw's opening goal in the grand final yep. in 2011. Because, of course, without that, you don't get the part of the header and yep. whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a pretty good first-time yeah. strike from memory. Yeah. Then, obviously, the, you know, outjumping Jacopo La Rocca in 2014 <laughs> grand final and then getting on the uh, controlling cross from Donachy yeah. to score the winner in 2014... <laughs> And then back again to that
2: penalty in 2011 where the whole stadium literally just went... <gasps> yeah, The other yeah. one as well, sorry, Adam. Is yeah, no, you're remember right. the, when he had that big knee injury under Aloisi 2015, I think it was? And came back. Yeah, he came back with that great the, the great flick from Javier Hervas is one memorable moment in the <laughs> Raw yeah. shirt. But the great flick through to Enrique and that finish in his celebration... After that, that's another fantastic... That's another... When I think of Enrique, that's the sort of thing I think about as well. Someone who always played with that passion and you could see it in the way he played. He's Brazilian. He's got to have passion. Yeah.
1: Oh, look, for, for mine, I said, you know, it's, it's funny that we're talking about, you know, in the space of... um. Of four days, you know, Matt Mackay retires and Enrique retires. You know, like it, as far as you know, what they mean to the club and the fans, it's it's, it's polar opposites. You know, Matt, Matt McKay's enduring is going enduring legacy, whereas Enrique's probably got the three biggest moments in club history. You now, for for mine, I think uh, Marco Monteverdi asked um, in an, in his interview with Enrique the night before, on the article uh, came out Monday morning in the Courier Mail. He asked Enrique what was his favourite moment in 2014. Um, Go and he said it in in the press conference about you know about what that that's a goal meant to him.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you know he he's just been the guy who I always remember. You know he hated the, being classed as a super sub, but that's what he was. It was a case of all right, you need a goal to give yourself a two goal buffer or something to drag yourself back from a one goal deficit, throw on Enrique, yeah. he's
2: gonna do something. It's the ultimate weapon to bring off the bench isn't it? you think about it, I mean he comes into games 60, 65 minutes gone, defenses are just starting to tire out, and you on a slippery, elusive player in the front third, and he just makes things happen. I know he did he disliked it as well he disliked that characterization as a super sub, but it really was his best role. I know he did start a lot of games and scored a lot of goals as a starter. But that super sub role is really what people remember him but most for
1: but the one thing is uh, if if sort of you question his place as far as legendary status in the club that you know it's, he is, he's he's a sort of player that you, that the fans sing songs about. And, you know, I guess they you are know, being a sub. At least yeah, you know, every home game without fail. If if they're up at the well, when they warm up, he gets serenaded with his song. You know, when when he's warming up yeah. in the first half. So that that's what he means to the fans. And look, he's not going to he's not go down as the greatest player as far as you know, technically gifted or whatnot. But you know what? Again, another club legend. You know, and a, and if it is the end. Either way, you know, a very yeah. deserved, you know, career at the Raw. Yeah.
2: And I think the questions you asked him yesterday, Adam, I mean, about the fact that he arrived ten years ago is it's amazing to think about it. he arrived ten years ago with another Brazilian player on trial, I forget his name, but uh, Frank Farrina brought him, yeah. him over and look they brought him in and they, they threw him into a semi final ironically against Central Coast in that two thousand and eight, nine final series. And in, he's been here all that time. I, I, I know that. he left yeah. briefly to go to Adelaide and over to Asia, but he's really been here for almost a decade basically in Brisbane Royal Colours. Certainly in Again, it's another player who whose
0: impact might not have been as good as it was, you know, in the early days of his yeah. career. But it's still another, I suppose, leader that you're going to have to yeah. find yeah. a way to replace. Yeah. So,
2: leads by actions, not so much words, and they're mm. they're all they're always a good leader to have in the squad. Yes, and I
0: do think those two are going to be automatic inductees into the Raw Hall of Fame. Oh, you know, you've side got side. you've got this year and next year sorted. Yeah. All right. So now we should probably talk about Thursday's Anzac Day uh, spectacular against yeah. Adelaide United, where. Nah, not a lot on the line for the Raw. They're pretty much guaranteed an spot, but they can screw up Adelaide's chances of a home final, at least for a few hours.
2: Well, uh, Adelaide, they're gonna have to, if they don't win this game on Thursday, they're going to have to look to Perth on Sunday afternoon, the very final game of the season, where Wellington, if they do beat Perth, which I don't see happening, by the way, but if they do, Wellington could still snatch that fourth spot. I think it's going to be... Wellington and Adelaide will be playing each other. It's just where that's going to be. And for Adelaide's point of view, they'll want to come up here on Thursday and make sure that that game is at Cooper Stadium in front of their home fans. The only,
0: I suppose, question about Adelaide's approach to this is will Marco Curse say, all right, we need to, you know, be fresh and firing for the finals? Could he potentially send out maybe a below-strength squad and say, all right, we're giving ourselves a de facto buy? Look,
1: I think, do that at your own peril, I think, as far as Marco Kurz, Look, I don't think he's got this depth in the squad at the moment to be able to I think they've got to go for it because, like I said, this is a big occasion. You know, Thursday afternoon, Anzac Day, all the fanfare that's going to go on with the Raw. You know, you've got the the Fowler unveiling. You've got you know retirement, you know presentations for you know for Enrique and Matt Mackay. The fact that you'll have the Anzac Day ceremony, which will this will you know which will then change up the preparation because instead of coming out and playing, the players are going to be out there for you know eight ten minutes. You know, if there's all these things going, and also as well probably the biggest crowd of the season for the Raw, who you know they want one last you know. Yeah, you know, sort of. Yeah, you know, performance from the yeah. raw, and you would hope that from a raw point of view, that the players step up to the yep. occasion. And that, that's the one thing that yeah. you know, that Adelaide United have got to be aware of. They, they're coming into a cauldron yeah. on on Thursday. We hopefully, hope. yeah. one last hopefully. thing
2: on that. I do think um Adelaide, if they did, if it was say, a Saturday or Sunday game going into finals, yes, they might. But the fact that it's a Thursday game and they'll have even if they play home Friday night, they'll have eight days to prepare for that game. I think they will go full strength here to make sure they get. That home And for the Raw, it's a great opportunity. I mean, they've had yep. plenty of tough tussles with Adelaide this year, plenty of dramatic moments, red cards, etc. It's a real great moment, just a real great opportunity to just throw one last wrench into their season and make life more difficult for them. Because the two games this year between Adelaide and Brisbane have been dramatic, to say the least. Yeah,
0: and well, he kind of led into what I was about to mention is, you know, it's kind of one of those rivalries that just sort of came out of nowhere as well. Because you consider... You know, as raw fans, obviously, you know, you see Sydney FC, yeah. Melbourne Victory, or as I prefer to call them, Brisbane Raw B. Uh, yeah. You've got those two sides as your main sort of.
1: For, for me, know. for me, it's like the third city showdown. Like I said, you're not going to, like I said, Sydney and Melbourne. Are obviously, your. Your biggest season where, but like I said, you know, who who's third in the pecking list order as far as, yeah. is Brisbane bigger than Adelaide? Depending on where you are, it's yeah. worth it. I think that there might be, you know, it, it might be sort of intangible, but, you know, for some reason, whenever Adelaide and Brisbane yeah. are on the park, things happen. All, and yeah. I think with the grand stage on Thursday... Look, I think we might see some more drama.
2: It's always been too. if you remember back to the very early days. Mira Bleiberg and John Goswain had some very, oh. shall we say, animated discussions on the sideline. I when remember, those days, I remember so Cosy I
1: remember yeah. Cosy after winning the penalty shootout. Yeah,
2: this uh, has been the, this has been a rivalry between two clubs from day one. For on no the field, other there's reason. There's no there's no actual animosity yeah. or any genuine reason. For it. It's not like a Sydney Brisbane Origin type thing. It's just these two teams from day one have always had this issue with each other and. I look forward to that continuing because if this if this Anzac Day it does become an annual event against Adelaide, one, it, that could really take it to the whole new level.
0: Absolutely. Um, for the Raw, Bortiak and Pepper are going to return from suspension. I thought Bortiak got two games.
2: Uh, we were talking to Dave on Monday at the Enrique thing. Apparently it's only a one game. Okay. Yeah. So that's how so much so attention I was paying. Yep. So oh,
0: Of course, because they would have had the amnesty. So, yeah. anyway. so I
2: believe Enrique, I believe um, bochak will be available. OK, well, yeah. we'll probably get confirmation of that in about
0: 20 minutes when we, the squad email gets sent out <laughs> and we're finished recording. Uh, might see Mackay return to midfield as well?
1: Hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> now, I mean, Pepper's you back, fit him. Yeah, tonic you'd say Pepper to and Tonjik will... Yeah, so, yes, he will. But then again, you know, do you really want to... It. I think, yeah, it's. Well, I think after shooting I think six
2: goals, you yeah. probably have an excuse to change it. I yeah. think if you can do it to get Matt McKay running around once more in his natural position, I think that's what people would really like to see. I but think I think Pepper deserves his place uh, yeah. back. So, and I yeah. think having two fit central defenders there with Pepper and Tong who the new coach may well want to look at as a potential combination, either as a first choice combination or more of a backup combination. I think that's a logical thing to do to to pair Pepper and Tong together. Yep. And there could be a few other players potentially getting their farewells as well. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a lot of out of contract and mm. last chance for a lot of them if the the new coach is going to be there in the stands. So the last chance to really impress him in person.
1: I think. Yeah, I think there's no more. I think if, as far as I'm concerned, no more than the the visa players. You know, I think we. I think we, it's without any official announcements, I think those who follow social media know that Thomas christensen has gone at the end of the season. Um, but we don't know, yeah, about Toby Mickelson and um, Alex Lopez. I think they'd be both, they're be. they both playing for contracts on um, on Thursday. So I think they're the ones. And I think there's a couple others. I think yeah. you know, guys like a Charles Localingoy or a um, Ali Babala, who really haven't featured that much, I think as well, do they want you know, to be part of the future of the club as well? No, they, and they I need can't to step see up.
0: both of them being kept. But look, no. that's a whole other discussion. We'll mm. just close out with a couple of quickfire predictions for... This Thursday, I'm going to lead off with red card, absolutely.
1: I <laughs> don't okay, anything other than score. oh uh, look, I um I actually think I think there's gonna I think it's gonna be two one. Mm. I'm not gonna commit to who, but I reckon it's gonna be a dramatic late winner somewhere.
2: There were eleven red cards in the sixty for Brisbane alone, so you're not far I would be willing to take that gamble if I was you. I I think it will be two one and I think Brisbane will win this game. Everything that's going on, you think about the new coach is going to be there in the stands. I know the new coach bounces a myth, but I think if, there's ever, if it is actually a legitimate thing, I think they will win with him there. I think, and I think the loss to Newcastle will have really stung the players, and they will really want to finish yeah. the season on a good note and send Matt Mackay out on a good note. So... I think it's going to be two one, and I'm going to I'm going to say something ridiculous. I think Matt McKay's score a winner. Oh, I
3: would love that. It would be brilliant. second right? yeah. minute penalty, yeah. Yeah. one one. Do you
2: give it to McKay? Yes. Yep. I'd say Enrique, but unfortunately he's not going to be able to play with his injury. So there is some audio of uh, Matt McKay talking about his penalty in the 2011 Grand Final, but <laughs> yeah. I have not got the bleep button for that. Yeah, there's
0: a bit of PG, PG warning needed for that clip.
1: Yeah, but um. Yeah, well, that I doesn't think... count, by the way. <laughs> no, because we didn't play no, it. No, yeah. and no. Uh, well, yeah, no. Well, it's on our socials, yeah. but no, that doesn't, doesn't count. count. Anyway, <laughs>
0: yeah, I well, I w- my big concern for this game going into it could have been, you know, with nothing really to play for. The raw players might have had their suitcases and already pre-checked in for the end of season holidays, but. I I am actually expecting a much more competitive game now. It also, yeah. this, sorry,
1: this, I just thought one last thing I just want uh, more of a general about this Anzac Day game on Thursday is congratulations to Brisbane Raw for opening up, uh, giving the free tickets out to the veteran, return service and veterans for that, I think. And that's just going to, again, add yeah. to the atmosphere. Look, I hope it's a big crowd on, on Thursday. I really do. I think, you know, look, uh, on, on the field, it hasn't been a great season results-wise, but, you know, at least... Mm-hmm. One last time, a big stage, yep. big occasion. no yep. fans, please get out there.
2: You're absolutely right about that. It's an event that it's a historic day in this country, obviously, and it's great to see football now represented on that stage. We obviously know we've seen all the other the other codes of football have had really big events around Anzac Day hmm. at the MCG and in Sydney. So it's great to see football getting into that, and it's even better to see it in Brisbane. So now the three biggest cities in the country have sporting events. Yeah. On population-wise, I'm talking about.
0: I thought that yeah. was a bit of a shot there. Anyway, that's going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Adam. Good we'll to
2: see you again, James, thanks, Adam. Yes.
0: yes, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Get out to the football on Thursday. Enjoy the final game of the Raw's A-League season. Get out to the NPL. NPL yeah, we'll w. be there
1: tomorrow on, in the Peninsula. Yes.
0: yes, get out, enjoy the football this weekend. There's a lot to... There's a lot to take in, so enjoy it all. And we'll be back next Wednesday to recap it all and look ahead to the Raw's off-season. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll talk to you then.